Welcome back to the First of Gold podcast, the official podcast of the Irish Tribune, your source for all things Notre Dame athletics. He's Joe. I'm Nick. Make sure you're checking us out at theirishtribune.com. Follow us on our socials at the Irish Tribune and also at First and Gold Pod. And Joe, it is uh, it, it's it's the big one. It's the one we've been waiting for. Uh, college game day's coming to town. Pat McAfee's coming to town. We're wearing the green jerseys. The Buckeyes are coming to the bend. How we feeling, my man? Oh, man. Oh, man. I am just so jittery. Uh, this week is going to feel like it's moving like a sloth. Um, you know, it's just like, get me to Saturday. Get me to Saturday. Seriously, um, man. But, man, this this buildup this week is, is going to be fun. Um, it already has been a blast uh, just kind of seeing the takes from Ohio State fans, Notre Dame fans. Um, and then also just national media perspective of the game. And I'm soaking it all in, man. I'm soaking it all in, trying to get uh, as much content into my brain before the game as possible. Yeah, man. And the hype's real. Like, on social media, you know, you and I both live in Ohio. So we got to deal with with these Buckeye fans every day. So uh, the fact that, now you know it's Notre Dame versus Ohio State. There, there seems to be just a little bit added uh, emphasis to this one, at least for me. And uh, it's 100%. fun, man. It's very fun. I'm, I'm fired up. Oh, I, I couldn't be more fired up, man. This is bragging rights. This is bragging rights for a yeah. year. We've always kind of been able. I would say Ohio State fans have always kind of had the upper hand on us for a long time, and this year feels different. We have a different quarterback that the whole program fan base has rallied behind with Sam Hartman. I mean, how could you not feel confident uh, when when Sam Hartman is is your is your quarterback that you know you're going to wake up to on Saturday? He's healthy, and uh, I can't wait for him to to start slinging against the Buckeyes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, before we dive into the Ohio State stuff, I do want to talk about. This past Saturday's game, Notre Dame uh, takes care of business, even though it wasn't always uh, the prettiest thing in the world. But Notre Dame beats Central Michigan 41-17. to So I want to do a little bit of a recap here. Uh, Joe, what are your just initial thoughts uh, on that game? My initial thoughts were, hey, we took care of business. We're 4-0. We wanted to be 4-0 uh, you know, going into this week, this Saturday. Uh, We took care of business. I thought, you know, obviously it was an inferior opponent, um, but we made them look like an inferior opponent. That's what, you know, the great teams do. Uh, The game was never in doubt. But my main takeaway that I had from the game is, man, we we had some guys that were out uh, for that game, and, and we felt their absence a little bit. We felt their absence a little bit. And the good news for Irish fan is it looks like Gabriel Rubio made uh you know, have a showing on Saturday. It looks like DJ Brown and JD Bertrand are, are out of concussion protocol and they're expected to play. And 
you know, when you didn't have those three guys on the defensive side of the field at all three levels, I thought you could kind of feel uh, their absence in the game, and I couldn't be happier that uh, they're back on track. Biggest news of the week to me um, is the fact that we're getting J.D. back. Rubio returned to practice today. Um, D.J. Brown's expected to be back. Mitchell Evans is expected to be back. It doesn't look like Eli Raritan. I was hoping I was I, there ever since a couple weeks ago, I had in the back of my mind, I was like, I have a feeling Eli Raritan's going to be ready to go for the Buckeyes and he's going to come out and ball out. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. But hey, we'll, we'll take Rubio and JD and, and DJ and uh, Mitchell back, man. That's a, that's a big win. So yeah, no doubt, especially yeah. when, when you look back at the game and again, Notre Dame handled business, they were in control of the whole game. They beat them in, you know, the team stats, as you look at them, you know, total yards, et cetera. Um, but, you know, one thing that stood out to me is like, you know, it felt like even when you were watching that central Michigan, you know, was able to move the ball a little bit rushing wise that, they, uh, they averaged, you know, about four yards a carry off 34 attempts. And, you know, I really felt like our emotional leader, J.D. Pertrand, was the biggest loss that, that we had during that game because, man, it's time, uh, and we said it all year, is, you know, J.D. Bertrand's kind of been almost sometimes a scapegoat. You know, why does he get so many snaps? And I felt that the Central Michigan proved why we need J.D. Bertrand in, in big games moving forward. Uh, because I, I truly don't believe that's the case for Central Michigan, um, you know, if we had J.D. Bertrand on, on the field. Um, and that also includes Gabriel Rubio and, and D.J. Brown. But when this linebacking core has that experience, that emotional leader calling calling out the signals for them, um, it just takes our defense to another level. No doubt, man. That was my biggest takeaway from the game is just how valuable J.D. Bertrand is to this team. He's the quarterback of the defense. He's the one that's getting everybody in the right position. He's making the calls. And on top of that, you know you're going to get sound football, sound linebacker play from him every time he's in the game. So I, it it was, it definitely showed up that, um, you know, he, he was absent in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you, they kind of had to move Kaiser over to the middle where that's not his natural position. He's, he's been playing that Rover Rover style, you know, pretty much all spring. Um, and then obviously into the fall, um, you know, Jalen Snead got his most snaps of his career in that game um, where, where the bullets are flying and he's going to learn off, off, you know, the central Michigan film um, where he can improve. Uh, but when you're playing the Buckeyes coming up, you need to have that emotional quarterback uh, linebacker to to make sure everyone's in the right position, hitting the right gaps, et cetera, because those are the, the difference between maybe a tackle for loss or a one-yard you know gain compared to four- or five-yard gain. Yeah. And, and speaking of Jack Kaiser, I, I know he was a little bit out of position and that affected things, but he still had a hell of a game, man. He had 10, 10 total tackles. Six solo, one sack, and one tackle for loss. I mean, he really – he stepped up the best he could in that situation. Exactly. exactly. And, and oh. it was – go ahead. No, completely agree. It wasn't a shot at, you know, Kaiser, but it's just something no, he hasn't had right. a lot of, you know, reps in. So, I, I'm excited that we're going to get J.D. Bertrand back as the quarterback, put Kaiser out there as a rover because when you have that, those two tandems and with the level of Maris Lufau playing, uh, I, I'm excited for – for them to, you know, kind of 
you know, have the, the national spotlight on them at 7.30 to see how, how they can perform. 100%, man. A couple other guys that really kind of stood out to me on the defensive side of the ball from this game. Um, I, I thought Thomas Harper played great. He's really bringing – I feel like his confidence is growing each week, and he's really bringing a, a little bit of uh, attitude with him, which yes. I really like. This team needs a little bit more of that. We thought Jordan Batella was going to bring some more of that. It hasn't really happened yet. Um, I also thought Xavier Watts had a pretty good game. Donovan Heinisch, um, you know, for, for being uh, a young guy who who's had to be thrust in there because of the absences of, of some of the other guys, I thought he played pretty well. He's got a bright future ahead, and I think it's time. Uh, I, I want to see Onye more um, yeah. this week. I really do. I thought Onye really stood out this week. What would you think? No, I, I completely agree with you. It, it was good seeing, um, you know, just hitting on Donovan Heinish. I thought he looked a little undersized in the game, um, but man, is he going to be tough as nails? And he's just going to keep getting better, and he's going to keep getting bigger in the weight room. Uh, he, he's going to be a force on our defensive line. Maybe not this year, obviously, but for right. 24 and 25, I, I'm excited to see him grow in his role. Um, but Thomas Harper, man, I got to give a shout for that hit he had on the quarterback. Woo! Oh, man, it was man. Now, the ball didn't bounce our way afterwards, but you're right. He's bringing an intensity, uh, especially I can tell that Al Golden loves blitzing him. And he's yeah. really good at disguising it and getting there quick. Uh, he, he's becoming a true uh, disruptor uh, on the opposing offense with his blitzing and even his coverage. It's been an unbelievable pickup for, for Notre Dame and what they're getting out of him so far. But you bring up Jason Anya, and I think this is an interesting point. Um, you know, has he earned his way to potentially, you know, being right next to Howard Cross? And, again, this isn't a dig on Riley Mills. We just haven't seen it in these last four games against inferior opponents where, you know, you have all the, the offseason hype that we have on Riley Mills. He has the measurables. He's, he's a giant human. Um, and you're, you're wanting to see that you know, perform on the field at a high level. And, you know, are we seeing that a consistent basis? I would say no. And the one person we have is, is Jason Anye. And, yeah. you know, I'd be curious to see if, you know, him and Cross next to each other, then putting, you know, even a Riley and Gabriel Rubio, maybe in the second tier line, uh, you know, maybe is a switch up that this defensive line needs to, to gain more havoc on, uh, opposing rush rushes and then really getting to opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't know what the coaching staff needs to do. I don't know what motivates Riley Mills, but maybe <laughs> him losing some reps will get him to elevate his game. I, yeah, because with with how much potential that Riley Mills have, he should be playing better than he is. Agreed. So, and again, he's not playing terrible. He's doing a serviceable job, but. With his skill set, he should be playing much better. So I, I don't know if maybe if, if Onye coming in, taking some of his reps, kind of lights a fire under him. I don't know. Either way, Onye impressed, and I think he's earned some more reps on the D-line. Completely agree with that, Nick. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's jump over to the offensive side of the ball from this past Saturday. We don't want to spend a ton of time on Central Michigan uh, just because we got such a big one coming up here. But – um, Audric estimate 20 carries, 176 yards. Big drink. <laughs> man. I, I, man, you can't say enough good things about this guy. <laughs> oh, 
He's I, incredible. He 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 is man. Am I so glad that he committed Notre Dame over Michigan State because he is starting to establish himself. Where I think NFL scouts are having to take notice of what he's putting on the field with his athletic ability, his size, breaking tackles. I mean, he is a true. He's force. hurdling dudes. He's hurdling. 230 pounds jumping over dudes. Like that is not yeah. natural. <laughs> he averaged 8.8 yards per carry. I mean, it's absolutely insane, man. And, and what, what it gets me most excited is like, this is setting Audric up to have a coming out part or a party. I know obviously Notre Dame, Fans know about Audric. We've we've loved Audric, uh, you know, since he's really stepped foot on campus. Um, but for the national spotlight, you know, you hear about all these other running backs. You know, you hear about Michigan's running backs. I think this is when Audric kind of puts a national spotlight on himself because he is playing at such a high level. And what a great time would it be? I mean, for how high of a level he's been playing the last four games. You know what? What a great opportunity for Audrey to kind of gain the national spotlight uh, for him and, and his NFL draft stock uh, on Saturday at 730 with the way he's performed. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I think I think NFL teams got to be licking their chops uh, with, yeah, with him. Think he, he's the leading round guy. Oh, easy. I, I mean, he, he's the leading running. He's the leading rusher in the country right now. And, yeah. and it's it's for a reason. I mean, the dude is balling out. Uh, Sam Hartman, man, Irish fans. I I'm mentioning him second, mainly because Audric Estime just balled out. But, God, sit back and enjoy having this guy as our quarterback. Don't take this for granted. 16 for 26, 330 yards, three touchdowns, and he made it look easy. The Messiah. The I Messiah. Mean, my goodness, this man is a blessing. Yes, Messiah oh, is correct. Oh, and it kind of makes me laugh at myself. You know, I was looking, you know, when the quarterback portal hit, you know, we, you know, you heard rumors of, of Devin Leary and, um, you know, who ended up at, at Kentucky, um, NC State with Armstrong. He, he was in the mix of, of rumored guys that Notre Dame was looking at. But, man, did they strike absolute gold getting Sam Hartman? Oh, I mean, he has shown that he is – by far the best portal quarterback that was available this year. And There's no doubt. And I am going to not take for granted any Saturday that he puts on a Notre Dame uniform because it's been so fun watching him ball out. Seriously, man. I'm not gonna like toot my own horn or anything. I I wrote an article back uh geez, I don't know. It was it was in the offseason and we were talking about portal quarterbacks and options and this was before he even went into the portal, but I said, I forget who I picked because Hartman wasn't in the portal yet. But in parentheses, I added, I said, Hartman would be my first choice if he were available. I've loved this dude all throughout his career, and, and he has exceeded my expectations as a Notre Dame quarterback. So, Preach. man, very exciting. I can't wait to see what he can do against the Buckeyes. And speaking of the Buckeyes, well, before we go on to the Buckeyes, is there any other – Anything else you want to talk about as far as the the scene? No, week? let's move on, Nick. Come on, it's Buckeye Week. Let's You're right. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Okay. All right. So usually uh, we do our three BTS, which is our three biggest takeaways uh, from the previous game. We decided to switch that up. We're doing our three key V's this week. 
which is our three keys to victory against Ohio State. This game's just too big. We didn't want to sit here and talk about Central Michigan too much. Um, so it's going to work the same way. We're not going to do a snake draft. We're just going to go every other. Um, but we're going to talk about the three things that we think we need to get the victory against Ohio State. And I'm going to kick us off here. I had a chance to watch a little bit of Ohio State. And they're uber talented. They got talent across the board. But I think there's one area that if the Irish are going to get the win, this is the most important. And that is getting pressure and making uh, McCord uncomfortable. So I think that we have the secondary to play with their uber talented wide receivers. Um, But they can't cover those guys forever. To me, you got a guy in Kyle McCord who's going to be behind center for the Buckeyes. If you can make him uncomfortable in a rowdy environment, because I know that there's there's pressures and and stunts that Al Golden has not shown yet. Like yes. that's obvious. I want to see him pull out everything for this game. Make this guy who this is going to be really his first truly rowdy environment as a starting quarterback. Make that guy uncomfortable. Make him make mistakes, even if you're not getting him on the ground, uh, which, of course, we prefer they do, but confuse him. And that's with coverages as well. I'm not just talking about blitzes. I'm talking about stunts on the D-line. I'm talking about disguising coverages, moving guys right before the snap, all that stuff. Make him uncomfortable, and he will make mistakes. And if that happens... I think Notre Dame will win this game. That's my first key to victory. I think that's that would have been my first takeaway or takeaway key to victory as well, Nick. I, that is going to be so important because if you make him uncomfortable and make McCord make plays against you, and he doesn't feel that he has the time in the pocket, it's only going to give Notre Dame's defense the favor in the matchup. And we need to have all of our defensive lines step up and take that challenge. It can't be, you know, forcing, you know, I know we're going to have our blitzes with Thomas Harper and Maris Luafal and J.D. Bertrand. Al Gordon loves blitzing those guys at at the second Mm -hmm. levels. But it it has to start with the one-on-one battles um, up front and in the trenches. And I I can't be more excited for for Jordan Botello. You know, I know we just spoke on Riley Mills, but Howard Cross, Gabriel Rubio, Jason Anya, uh, Jean-Baptiste, uh, you know, this is a game where where they have to get a, get to the quarterback. You know, we're, we're having back-to-back games where, where we don't have sacks, so it, it's time for them to kind of step up on, on the defensive line, and really you're playing against two offensive tackles that – are again inexperienced. You know, last last year when we played the Buckeyes, they had two outstanding tackles that that were high, you know, NFL draft picks. And now you're you're going against two offensive tackles that that don't have that experience yet that those previous offensive tackles did. So let's take advantage of that. We got to take advantage of that um, to make McCord feel uncomfortable and make him almost have a time clock in his head where where he feels like he needs to get the ball out quicker. And, and maybe force some balls that, you know, our secondary could take advantage of. I'm glad you brought that up, man. I had on my notes here 
to bring up the two new starters at tackle and at center. Uh, so I'm glad you I'm glad you called that because I, I forgot to mention it. And and I'm also right like and also oh. I'm like was Jean Baptiste you know I you know like the Michael Jordan last dance and I took that personal you know Jean Baptiste yes. knows these boys he knows these boys and I hope he took it personal that you know they let him walk out the door and and obviously Al Golden scooped him up with Marcus Freeman and I hope and I actually I know that he's had this circled on his calendar for a long time to show show the Buckeyes you should have let me go and and this is what I can do on the field so I hope it's a big personal personal game for for Jean Baptiste to get out there and and prove prove to not just Notre Dame fans Ohio State fans but really college football rule that that he's a big time edge rusher love that all right what's your uh what's your first key to victory against the Buckeyes all right so pretty similar to yours um you know it kind of goes in line but I think defense needs to win first downs. And what I mean by that is, is put Ohio State in second and even third and long situations. I thought that was such a key to victory versus NC State where, you know, NC State wasn't really able to establish a run. They, they put Brennan Armstrong in second and long and third and long, uh, you know, positions where, you know, he had to go make a play down the field or find a wide receiver and, and that's when our, our secondary was able to really clamp down on, on the uh, NC State receivers and really scheme it up in a way where we could, you know, force some turnovers. And we all know they got a dude in Travion Henderson. I mean, he's a special running back. He's been battling injuries the last few years with the Buckeyes. So, you know, we haven't seen him at his full potential for a whole year, but it looks like he's back with vengeance this year because his stats are, are honestly – you know, kind of nutty. Uh, if you look at him, I mean, he's averaging about eight yards a carry, um, which is yeah, he, he's a beast. He's he's a beast. And, you know, if, if you're giving McCord and I think that goes in with him not, you know, being comfortable, if he's in the second and shorts, third and shorts, where they only have to pick up a few yards, you know, that doesn't help out our secondary, uh, you know, very often, um, you know, or puts them in a position to, to go make plays. So I think it's really important, really important for, for you know, obviously the defensive line uh, to not have Ohio State establish a run game early on us and, and win those first downs. Win those first downs and, and make McCord make plays to move the chains. I like it. I think that's a really good pick, man. I, especially because he's, he's inexperienced, right? But the, their running back core, I agree with you, is scary for me. So – Put him in second and long, third and longer. Don't let him get the running game going. I think that's a good pick. Yep, yep. And I apologize. He's not averaging eight yards per carry, but gosh darn close, 6.4 yards per carry. Off Still of very 30 impressive. carries at 191 yards. He has four touchdowns. Um, you know, he's obviously there, Audric Estime, as you could say, and I don't want to keep him going. We got to put the ball in McCord's hands and tell him to go make plays in, in long, second and long, third and long situations. I like it. Well said. All right. My second key to victory. <clears throat> my second key to victory is going to be don't beat yourself, Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman talks about this. Limit the penalties. Don't don't be doing stupid stuff like pushing the quarterback down when you when you're back there after he's let, let go of the ball. Uh, don't turn the ball over. You know, it's simple, but just play your game. 
Notre Dame can play crisp football without, you know, having these big mistakes that they've had the past two games. What is it? 18 penalties the past two. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I expect I expect that to be cleaned up, and for Notre Dame's sake, it better be cleaned up, or else it's going to be a long night. So my second key to victory is avoid those turnovers, avoid those costly mistakes that set you back, especially early. Yes. Yes, and I, I think that's something we could take away from the Central Michigan game. You know, you kind of, or even the NC State. Now, you could say they're ticky-tack penalties, and I thought a lot of them are, but, you know, the one that stands out to me is like the Riley Mills roughing the passer, where, you know, their quarterback for Central Michigan clearly got the ball out, and, you know, and you can't just push them and then let them move the chains easy. Yep, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> All right, what's your second key to victory? Uh, my second key to victory is establish the run. So much like I took in the first round, um, you know, make sure Ohio State does. But I do think our offense, the talent is in the running back room. And it starts with Audrey Estime. If we're able to give Sam Hartman, you know, second and shorts, third and shorts, establish the run against their defensive line and, and allow Sam Hartman to have those opportunities where – we can go into play action. We can take those deep shots because it's second and three, second and two, second and four, third and two. You know, those are going to be big time. This is just going to be a huge help to Sam Hartman overall to get comfortable in the game. We know it's going to be crazy there. You know, make it easy on Sam Hartman offensively. And the way you do that is establishing the run. Make it easy for Sam to find the quick, the quick dunks when he needs it. Um, and then take the deep shots when, when the defense allows, because if they do have a lot of guys in the box, I, I want, you know, Sam Hartman to look for those explosive plays. And I think we've lacked that against, you know, big time opponents due to our quarterback play. So now having, you know, Sam Hartman that, you know, has the experience, the arm, the vision, um, you know, when he, we could put him in situations where he can sell the run, have a lot of guys in the box and look for an over the top shot. You know, those are going to be huge momentum builders and really blows to to the Ohio State team, um, you know, going forth in, into a game that, you know, I think is going to produce a lot of offensive power. I think that's well said, man. The running game to me is so important in this one on, on both sides of the ball. If we can get the running game going, that, like you mentioned, not only opens up the passing game, it also allows us to control the clock and control the flow of the Good game. Good point. If we want to, if we want to speed up the flow of the game, we can do that while running the ball. Or if we want to slow it down, and it wears down their defense. I think that's a great point. It was going to be one of mine, but I figured you'd you'd grab it. So <laughs> great pick, my man. Um, all right, uh, my third and final key to victory. I, I had I had a bunch written down here. Um, you know, I think the secondary playing well is important. Of course, Hartman, but I, I think those guys are going to all play play well. My third key to the game is the atmosphere in Notre Dame Stadium. Oh, that was one of mine. Yeah, okay. All right. Man. <laughs> hey, we think alike. Um, yes. I, I think I think Notre Dame has done, finally, has done a good job of setting this up to be, to have Notre Dame Stadium be an advantage, to have it be a tough place to play. They've been preaching to wear green. They've been preaching, don't sell your tickets to Ohio state fans, et cetera, et cetera. Now they're, they're giving out those green lineup bracelets. 
I, I just think if this place is loud and, and rowdy, I mean, just like Freeman said in his press conference, or no, maybe it was Hartman, but Hartman said that, be there, be early, be rowdy. Um, but Freeman mentioned it too. He wants to see a sea of green. Uh, he wants them to be loud, but I, I want to see <clears throat> at least one to two, if not more, false start penalties yes. for the Buckeyes having to take timeouts because they can't yes. hear. I, people underestimate that fact about big games because even just one to two of those can be a difference in this type of game. So that's my third and final key to victory against the Buckeyes. I love that pick. It was on my list too, Nick, because, you know, I think of the Ohio State game last year. Our offensive line was not gelling early, and I credit a lot of it to, to the Ohio State fans making the shoe a, a hostile Dang. environment. You know, yep. those are drive killers. If you're in third and two and all of a sudden it's third and seven, you know, that's that's a totally different play call that Ohio State now has to put the ball in McCord's hand to move the chains. You know, and if we make them, and again, it kind of goes back to winning first downs, if, if we get them in, you know, second and 15 or, you know, second and 13, third and 12, you know, those are huge wins for our secondary uh, because we could put more support for them in the backfield against their obviously highly talented, uh, talented, uh, you know, wide receivers, you know, giving Notre Dame fans better be rowdy as heck, standing up the entire time, making it about as loud as an absolute hostile environment as possible. Because, you know, winning those little little keys to victory, such as, you know, getting those false starts, making them call a timeout, having their communication be discombobbled, you know, is going to help Notre Dame, you know, maybe force force a turnover or get the ball back or, um, you know, really kill, kill Ohio State's momentum. And I, I can't wait to see what, what kind of atmosphere Notre Dame brings on Saturday. For once, I actually have high expectations, man. I, I don't know why. I have a feeling. Of course, there's going to be some red in there. Ohio State fans travel. But I don't know. I just have a weird feeling that uh, Notre Dame fans are going to show out this weekend. Maybe it's hopeful thinking. I don't know. Yep. But anyway, all right, your third and final key to victory. All right, Nick, and you know where I'm probably going with this one. And I think it's an obvious one. Sam Hartman needs to be him. He needs to be him. And there's, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, while, while I'm daydreaming at work about Saturday. <laughs> and and I, I look back or, you know, I thought back to the games where we played Georgia, right? We had the ball in our hands to go down the field, you know, in what was that, 2018 and 29 or 2017 and 2019, we played the Georgia Bulldogs where it was a one score game, both of those games. You know, and we couldn't get our offense to the other side of the field, whether it was getting a field goal or a touchdown. Um, and, you know, it, it's been kind of that repetitive feel. And now we have a quarterback that the entire fan base is rallied behind. You know, obviously he's a big time talent and he's going to be putting on those green jerseys for us. And when it comes down to it, when you play a top tier opponent, most likely this game is going to come down to, you know, a big time drive that, that Notre Dame needs to uh, capitalize on, right? And whether it's before the half off a big turnover, um, you know, or in the fourth quarter where, you know, we're running a two minute drill to take the lead. Um, 
and the ball's going to be in Sam Hartman's hands. And I'm really hoping what we've seen in the two minute, really it's been like 50 second or 30 second drills we've seen from Sam Hartman, uh, you know, versus Navy, uh, versus Tennessee State, you know, versus NC State, um, you know, that he puts that that's showing against a big time opponent like Ohio State with his experience, because we're going to need those kind of uh, drives uh, to make sure we're we're putting, I guess, Notre Dame in a, in a way to victory. Right. So I want Sam Hartman to be him. We're going to need him to have big time plays, move the chains, you know, with his experience, his reads. And finally, get Notre Dame's offense over the hump, over all the stereotypes that Notre Dame's offenses have had, you know, against big-time opponents, and actually coming away with a victory. And Sam Hartman needs to be that guy. I love it, man. It's hey, he's already in the conversation for the Heisman Trophy. This is your, this is his time to really have his Heisman moment. Sammy Heisman's coming out this yes. week, baby, and I'm ready for it. Let's go. All right. Yeah. Uh, and I, good pick. And, yeah. And just like, oh, I just, you know, I, I remember when McGlinchey got killed on, on that one play when we had the ball with, with Everett Golson, you know, and, you know, Ian Book trying to throw up a prayer, um, you know, at the end of the game that, that was nowhere close. You know, now we have a quarterback that I think can actually lead a drive. And I'm going to be fully confident that he can get it done. You know, we're, we're always kind of biting our nails in that situation, especially due to the quarterback play that we've we've experienced the past few years. And these are no shots on on Ian Book or Everett Golson or Jack Cohen. You know, but this is just the realities. You know, when we had to make a big time drive against a big time opponent, we haven't been able to get it done um, to make sure Notre Dame gets the victory. And I think Sam Hartman is going to be the messiah to get to get Notre Dame a victory on Saturday so I can go absolutely bananas against all my Ohio State buddies. Yes, sir. Now, we've both given our three keys to victory. It's prediction time. Came out back in the spring, this line in Vegas was Ohio State 10 and a half, my, minus 10 and a half. And I actually jumped in on it. I don't throw a ton on gambling, but I jumped in on it back then. I said, yeah, give me Notre Dame plus 10 and a half. We got Sam Hartman, baby. <laughs> Smart man. Uh, so, so I got a little bit of money on that. But right now it is Notre Dame plus three. The over-under is 55 and a half. Um, what are you thinking, Joe? What's, uh, what's your score prediction? Um, what do you think about the over-under? All right, so for the over-under, I, I think these teams are too talented to not have the game go over uh, 55 points. Um, you know, I, I think this game is going to be a team team's total of 60-plus. Of so with my prediction, I think Sam Hartman is going to get the ball with under two minutes or a minute 30 or whatever you want to say and going to lead a drive to make sure Notre Dame wins the game when the clock hits zero, 34 to 27 Irish. Very, very close to mine as well. I like it. Um, yeah, I also think uh, this hits the over. I think there's going to be some big plays in this game, but also I think there's going to be good defense. I, uh, two very talented teams, but it's going to be a nail-biter. It's going to be a thriller. Uh, I think Sam Hartman and the Irish uh, – walk out of this game Saturday night winners uh, 31 to 28. So still heading like that it. over, but uh, yeah. 
So it'll, it'll be fun, man. I, I can't wait. And um, that'll do it for segment one. And segment two, we got a bunch of questions. We got some recruiting news, big recruiting news. And we'll talk a little bit more about uh, about Ohio State coming into town this weekend. And, uh, yeah, so we will be right back. Welcome back to segment two of the First and Gold podcast. This week, maybe we should call it the First and Green podcast. Make sure you're wearing that green, everybody. Uh, fill that stadium with, with green. Um, but we got a lot of stuff here for segment two. Want to start off, we had some big news on the recruiting. Big time. Big time big news. Time. Our man Deuce has committed to the Irish as a 2025 quarterback. What a pickup, man. I, I was starting to get a little worried. I thought, and I would have been fine with Bear, but um, this is big time. This guy's ceilings to the roof. What, what do you think about uh, the Irish landing Deuce Knight? Man, man, I couldn't be more excited, Nick. I couldn't be more excited. Even with the Kenny Mitchies and the CJ Carr, I think – this has been the most exciting commit QB wise that I may have ever had this. Oh, let me, let me, let me digress. Sam Hartman. I was pretty, pretty jacked up for, but recruiting wise, um, you know, with guys in high school, I, I think this guy has a potential to be special, 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 special. And the reason being is this guy's, this guy's ceiling is so high. I mean, he's six four and a half, 195 pounds, runs like a deer. He's accurate with his ball. I mean, put on his highlights and you're like, whoa. And this kid was just a sophomore? These were sophomore highlights? I mean, he has a potential to be a big-time player on the college football level. And I am so excited that Marcus Freeman has now built this quarterback room and Gino and Jared Parker, I want to give them all credit for, for getting this one done um, where our quarterback room is looking elite, elite, you know, moving yeah. forward into the future and Irish fans got to be pumped about this one. Yeah. I, if the, if Marcus Freeman's predecessor was still here, we're not having this conversation. Agreed. I, uh, plain and simple. Yeah. Notre Dame went down into Mississippi and beat out the likes of Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, all the big boys for this guy. He is, according to 24-7 Sports, a four-star, uh, borderline five-star, ranked number 70 nationally composite, uh, the number five quarterback. And like you said, 6'4", 195, the dude, he has, of course, he has to polish his game a little bit. It's going to take a little time. But the raw tools, oh. watch this guy throw the football. I mean, he can throw it 30 yards on a rope. No problem. Quick release. His athleticism's impressive. Just really, really excited about this kid. I, I don't think ever in my lifetime – I've seen Notre Dame stack quarterback recruits on back-to-back-to-back classes that are this talented. I, I can't think of it. And if I'm wrong, let me know, like all, everybody listening. Because, <laughs> yeah, we got Jimmy Clausen, but we didn't – and we got Dane Christ after that. But, man, t- 
to go from Kenny Minchie to CJ Carr to Deuce Knight, Gino Gadouli, man, give that boy a raise because uh, I'm loving what he's doing. Oh, and, and with the previous staff, you know, it, it felt like they kind of were in a trend where they take like their top guy, like a four, five star guy, and then they followed it up with a three star guy. And then the year after that, they'll go get, you know, a four or five. And it, it was like that repetitive behavior from our recruiting that I think led to all of our inconsistencies on the football field. Because if that four or five star didn't work out, which a lot of times it didn't, you know, now you're leaning on on a three star guy. And again, this is no shot at, you know, an Ian Book or Steve Angeli. But, you know, obviously what the other blue bloods do in college football is they consistently get those four or five stars year after year after year. So if one of them doesn't pan off, we got two or two or three other guys that are waiting to, to get on the field as well that obviously have huge potential. So the quarterback room has absolutely skyrocketed for uh, Notre Dame's recruiting. And I, I don't, I think Irish fans are going to be pretty excited when they have, you know, a quarterback room filled with C.J. Carr, Kenny Minchie, Deuce Knight. And honestly, I hope this trend, I do see this trend continuing for Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker. And how about Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer, you know, went on, you know, publicly saying, I don't understand how, how Notre Dame doesn't get the five-star recruits anymore. All right, enough of that, we, Urban. Enough we, of we that. Fi- we finally have a coach that's willing to put in the work for it. Yeah. The Quarterbacks, Notre Dame is a place that quarterbacks want to play. 100%. That's we got going now. You just got to have the want to. I, I, uh, Freeman's predecessor didn't have that. He, he was ready to settle for, for less. I mean, testing numbers, and this is from 247 Sports. He was laser-timed at a 4-5-3-40, 41.9-inch vert, 4.39 in the short shuttle. And then you flip on his film. So first off, he's got the measurables. He's almost six foot five, 200 pounds, running a four, five forty. And then you flip on the film and you see him, his, his release, his, his arm strength. I mean, this guy has the potential to be one of those. If he can really get all the other stuff of his game figured out, you know, breaking down coverages, et cetera, reading the field. If he can get all that down, this is the kind of guy that, you know, is going number one overall in NFL drafts. Again, oh, it's early, but if if he progresses how he should, my goodness, man, I, very impressive get, get for the Irish. And he's already recruiting for Notre Dame. He's going to be up here for this weekend. He's already tweeting it, guys. And, and I think he truly loves Notre Dame. Um, yep. Yeah. Couldn't he, be more excited. And he's commented on, on his relationship with the staff, how close he feels with, with the coaching staff and how they've, you know, already made him feel at home with the Irish. And again, we, we really didn't feel that from, from our previous staff. And it's such a refreshing feel on the recruiting side, uh, to hear that from recruits, especially top recruits like Deuce Knight. And one, one takeaway is, you know, one thing I love that I know that the staff is doing is is letting, you know, QBs know what kind of NIL money Sam Hartman's making right now. You know, yeah. he has the deal with Bose. 
you know, get or uh, beats, I should say, beats, uh, you know, where, where he hooked up the entire team with with the gold beats uh, before before the Navy game. You don't think Sam Hartman is making some good money uh, being being the face of nerding fine Irish right now. And oh, I yeah. think Marcus is playing that beautifully into his recruiting. And I, I think this is again, this is just we're just stacking here. We're, we're brick by brick and we're getting better not just on the field, but recruiting wise as well, where we're really building something here. And Marcus Freeman, tip of the cap. This is this is one of those home run hits that that he's gotten. And I couldn't be more excited to happen on Ohio State week. What a way to kick off a week. Seriously, man. And so right now the 2025 class and the 2024 class is not done. It's close, but um, the 2025 class we're sitting with Justin Thurman at running back, Davion Dixon, a defensive tackle, and now Deuce Knight. I mean, hell of a start. These Ooh. these guys are all elite talents. And you land a guy like Deuce Knight, every other recruit in the country takes notice. Like, oh, okay. Preach. That that guy wants to go play at Notre Dame? Yeah, I want to play with him. And speaking of that, let's jump into a, a few of the visitors that are going to be on campus. This is going to be a huge weekend, not only on the field, but also uh, recruiting-wise. So many guys coming in into town. Uh, Joe, tell us uh, some notable names that are that are going to be visiting this weekend. So we have some notable names from the both 24 and 25 class, like you said. Uh, C.J. Carr uh, is expected to be on campus. Carson Hobbs, uh, cornerback from Moeller High School, going to be on campus uh, 2024 commit. Uh, and then you kind of we, we have a lot of 2025 guys. Uh, Chris Burgess sticks out to me. Christian Jones, Michael Rosecki, Owen Strebig, Taylor Taylor, who I think he's definitely taking notice that Deuce Knight just jumped in the class because, uh, no doubt. you know, Taylor is a highly touted um, and talented, you know, wide receiver in this class. And I'm sure he's looking at Deuce Knight's film going, I'd like for that guy to throw me the ball. Um, right. <laughs> you know, Cooper Perry. Um so we have a long list of guys, and um, we have a lot of linebackers with, with a lot of talent. Uh, this is just the, a beautiful kickstart uh, for Deuce Knight to jump in the class and then have all these 2025 guys to be on campus with him um, with hopefully uh, a victory on Saturday where morale is going to be at an all-time high on campus. Man, it's going to be an absolute – electric weekend at South Bend. I'm, I'm pumped and uh, it, big. It's going to be big all around. I, but um, we'll jump into our questions now, but man, I'm fired up about recruiting, but I'm also fired up about the on-field stuff. I'm just over here like a giddy little yeah. kid. And, and Christmas stuff. So. You know, not even the 2025 kids. I think even some 2024 kids that haven't signed that letter of intent yet are taking notice on what Notre Dame is building, you know, Caleb Beasley is obviously flirted with, with looking at the Irish and obviously seeing what Mike Mickens is building the secondary um, and their cornerback. Tennessee's for, not looking so hot. And Tennessee's not looking too hot. Um, you know, I think of Carter Nelson. You know, Nebraska has obviously kind of been yeah. a dumpster fire for, for their start of the season. Um, you know, do they start saying, hey, do, am I sure I want to jump into this? And, or do I want to keep building what Marcus Freeman has over at Notre Dame? And I know Marcus Freeman saying, come on in, come on in. We're, we're building something here. So 
I'm excited not just for the 2025 class. I think even 2024 kids are, are taking notice on on the momentum that that is being built uh, with this recruiting, um, or I should say, just from what the staff has done on the recruiting side of things. Stacking talent, man. Stacking talent. All right, we got some questions to get uh, through. First one here is from Luke Elsoff at McChuckles419. Luke, we appreciate the question. Shout out St. Mary's. Hope you're doing well, man. Luke wants to know, uh, can Notre Dame rush for more than 150 yards in this game? And then he wants to know, what does the Notre Dame overall stat line read to get a win against the Buckeyes? Joe, I'm going to let you take this one first. Okay, so I'll start with the first one. Do I think Notre Dame's capable of getting 105 yards in this game? Damn right I do. Damn right I do. I, I think that is where Notre Dame needs to win the game in the trenches, and it starts with the running back room and the offensive line. We have the two best tackles in, in college football, or two best tandem tackles in college football, and you really can't convince me otherwise. And I think Coogan and Zeke obviously has the experience already, but Coogan and, um, you know, obviously Rocco, you know, they've had four games underneath uh, their belt now. And for Notre Dame to get 150 yards, that is definitely doable, definitely doable. And I think it's even essential for them to, you know, really push for 200 yards. I think Audric Estime is going to be the bulk of that. I think he's going to have a 100-plus yard game. But I think it's also incorporating Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, uh, Jabron Payne, you know, hurt them in, you know, kind of the bulk uh, we have in, in the running back stable and keep those guys fresh, keep Audric fresh. So when he comes in the third and fourth quarter, we can just run it down Ohio State's throat. And, you know, if we're able to establish that run, not just in the beginning of the game, but throughout all four quarters, uh, I think Jared Parker is going to play into that. And that's what he's going to want to see. So that way, again, it sets up Sam Hartman to be a little bit more comfortable when when he's he's back passing the ball. Yeah, I think that's well said. And, and this is something that I think it's a great question, Luke, and it's a very important question for this game. This is something that worries me a little bit. And, and I know people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Uh, so Ohio State is averaging per game, um, giving up – Oh, I just had it pulled up. 73 yards per game. Their front seven, seven is stout. Our guard play has not been the greatest, even though it's been good as far as run blocking. My biggest concern is that Ohio State's going to see what Central Michigan did, who Central Michigan sold out to stop the run against Notre Dame. Said, fine, if you're going to beat us, beat us with the arm, which we have Hartman, so <laughs> it's all good. Um <laughs> But this front seven's really good. So this is going to be a challenge for Notre Dame. I do think that we can hit 150 yards. I do think that it's crucial that we get somewhere close to that number if we want to win this game. I, If we're sitting there, you know, late third quarter and we haven't even hit 100 yards yet, we're in trouble. Okay. So I think that's uh, that's a good mark for us to, to be at. I, I think you got to get um, Audric going early and like you said also make it a committee thing get those other get i want to see jadarian price a lot in this game i know he's on a snap count because of his injury but he just adds everything that audric estimate is lacking 
Jadarian Price has. You know, he's got that outside make you miss, little speed, little twitch. Um, yeah. Not that Roderick doesn't have that. I mean, he's hurtling dudes. But um, it, the running game is going to be crucial. I think it's a really good question, and um, I ho- I'm hopeful. And, yeah. and I think Notre Dame can get it going. Um, and and the one thing with the with the stable of running backs, keep Audric fresh because man, he is a yes. bruiser. If, if the defense is huffing and puffing in the fourth quarter, you know they're they're getting a little fatigued. There's no one I want running the ball than Audric. Them trying to bring down Audric Estime in the fourth quarter and yeah. a fresh Audric Estime in the fourth quarter because yeah. you know we kind of seen that in in the Central Michigan NC State game where you know we kind of make defenses quit. We're like we have to bring this guy down still. You know they're still running the ball to this guy, right. and and that's when Audrey's breaking tackles, getting those long gains, and, and moving the chains for the Irish. So uh, keep Audrey fresh throughout all four quarters because I want to feed him in the fourth. I want to feed him in the fourth if, if we're looking to put yeah. the game away. Yeah, I like that. Great question, Luke. Um, we'll go on to the next one, Joe. Yeah. So we got a, a question from Clutch Sports Notre Dame. Twitter handle Clutch Sports ND. If Sam Hartman beats Ohio State Saturday, where does he rank in Irish lore? Big games played in ND Stadium. I'll punt this to you, Nick. Man, <laughs> um, where does he rank in Irish lore? This is a good question right. too. I'll just I love it. these number one. Of- number one. He is number one in my book. If he gets a win versus Ohio State, I'm not kidding. In my lifetime, he 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 goes straight up the ranks to power ranking number one. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. In my lifetime, you know, I, I loved Everett. Um, you know, I love, you know, Malik Zaire obviously didn't have, you know, the the tenure or not really the tenure, but the length of games uh, due to injury. Deshaun Kaiser, I really never had my hands fully around. Um, if, if Sam Hartman gets it done, and I know Ian Book is, you know, the most winningest quarterback in, in Notre Dame history, you got to win the big games. And, there's always that asterisk versus Clemson with DJ, um, you know, playing over Trevor Lawrence due to his injury. Then we play them in the, um, you know, ACC title and, and absolutely get smacked, um, you know, in that 2020 season. So there's always been that, you know, asterisk or quarterback that's like, ah, he hasn't got us over the hump. If Sam Hartman gets it done in my lifetime since 1992, he is power rankings number one. And I am going to the NCAA rule book to see if there's a way we can get him for a seventh year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll get behind that. I'll sign that petition. I I think that's well said, man. Um, and I think I gotta agree with you as far as in my lifetime as well. I mean, I, I'm thinking back on some of the biggest games that I've seen. You know, I'm thinking about. Uh, 2005 against USC. I know we didn't win, but uh, I'm thinking about Brady Quinn over UCLA, but that, that wasn't quite as big of a game as this. I'm, I'm thinking about Clemson. Quinn uh, lost to the Buckeyes, the Fiesta. Bowl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love Brady. I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How can you not love Brady? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think in my lifetime, this would be number one now all time. I, you know, I don't know about that, but yeah. uh, it's huge. You talk about Notre Dame's a program that's here the past five or six years. We've been right there. We've been right on the cusp. If, if Sam Hartman can somehow help us get this win, what it'll do for this program for the next 10 to 15 years, even 
it's going to be huge. And I'm saying it's going to be because it's going to happen. But anyway, yeah, no, I think if Hartman gets this win, he's it's number one for me uh, in my lifetime. Great question, Clutch. I, I appreciate it. All right. Next question here we have from the bee's knees at ankle pick. And he wants to know, as a fan, I'm expecting Marvin Harrison Jr. to go seven catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Can Indy feel the same way and still win? Is there a path to a win even if he goes off? Joe, I'll let you answer this one first. You know, for me as a fan, I'm really not expecting, you know, I'm not taking away what Marvin Harrison Jr. is. He is a top-tier NFL draft pick. I mean, I think he's going to have an epic career in NFL. I mean, he is a dog for him. I mean, he is uh, a big-time talent for for them uh, at the wide receiver position. However, you know, let's give some credit to, to Jaden Mickey, Cam Hart. You know, I, I really think highly of our secondary uh, in the safeties with our rotation of Ramon Henderson, DJ Brown, and Xavier Watts. And I, I would come away – you know, be absolutely surprised if, if I'm walking away, you know, at 1030 at night and, and I see this, you know, Marvin Harrison had, you know, seven catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. I think Al Golden is going to, you know, and Mike Mickens and, and O'Leary are, are really going to scheme it up well where they're going to try to take Marvin Harrison out, out of this game, along with, with Travion Henderson. Now, I know you can't have both, but I think Jaden Mickey and Cam Hart, especially Jaden Mickey, who I expect to kind of, you know, cover him, is is going to hold him you mean, under. You mean you mean Morrison? Oh, Morrison. I'm saying Jaden Mickey. I mean Morrison. Okay. All right. That's what I figured. I just yeah. wanted to make sure we clear. My fault. I, I love Jaden Mickey. That's probably why why I'm saying it. But uh, oh, I'm talking. Yeah. I'm talking about Benny Clamps. My fault. But yeah, Benny Clamps. Uh, I, I do think Benjamin Morrison is an elite elite corner for the Irish. And he's just a sophomore, and I, he's a true, uh, you know, preseason All-American, freshman All-American. He He's big time. And I, I'm so excited to kind of see their matchup go one-on-one. Um, so if it does go that way, and Marvin Harrison has that big game, Notre Dame's in, in a load of trouble. Because uh, that tells me, you know, a couple things. You know, we're, we're either not getting to McCord, um, or we're having some secondary lapses where, uh, you know, they're having some explosive plays. So for me, I'm not expecting Marvin Harrison to to have that kind of big game due to the talent we have on our side as well. And if it does, you know, I, I feel it's not going to go well for the Irish if that's the case. Yeah, I think that's well said. I, I'm really, really excited to watch this matchup between Benjamin Morrison and Harrison Jr. I, Benny Clamps. I'm like you. He's a stud. He's an absolute stud. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is also a freak. I Do I see him getting 150 yards and two touchdowns? No, I don't think it'll quite be that high. I do think he'll he'll get his, his fair, you know, amount of catches, and he'll probably pop off for at least one big play. It's hard to prevent that. I don't care who you are. Um, but I'm like you also. I, I think our secondary is going to surprise some people. I think Al Golden – of course, is going to have his eyes on on stopping Marvin Harrison Jr. He he's going to bracket him. He's going to bring a safety over top to help. The biggest worry for me is 
um, you know, can our safeties stay disciplined? Because Ohio State's biggest threat as far as throwing the ball is off play action game. So if our safeties start biting, if Travion Henderson starts going off, uh, that's when you'll see Marvin Harrison kind of take off. Um, but as long as our safeties are playing discipline, he doesn't scare me as much. Uh, they're tied in. Uh, Stover worries me yes. in this game. Egbuka worries me in this game. I think there will be enough eyes on Marvin Harrison Jr. that he'll have some big plays. But um, in the end, I, I think Notre Dame will have a game plan that will limit him. Um, so, all right. Um is there a path to a win, even if he goes off? I guess we kind of answered that, didn't we? Yeah, if he goes off, uh, we're going to be in some trouble on the defensive yeah. side uh, because, you know, Al Gordon will probably have to make adjustments to, you know, help out those guys. And then I think that leaves you vulnerable to Travion Henderson. You know, they're, they're dynamic in, in rushing and passing. So, but, yeah. you know, I look back at, you know, we played some big-time wide receivers before. Um, you know, just in the last year's game, you know, I know Jackson Smith and Jigba, he got hurt early in the game. But, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. last year versus us, 56 yards on five receptions. Ibuka, you know, nine receptions on 90 yards with a, with a touchdown. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't expect, you know, with, with Marvin Harrison, uh, you know, having that kind of production uh, with, with the talent we have. So uh, if, we, if it is that way, we're in trouble. But, again, as a right. fan, I'm not expecting that. Okay. All right, yep. let's go on to the next one, Joe. That's you. So we have a question from Quo Vadis uh, at Domer94. Say ND wins, knock on wood. What will be an OSU excuse? How will other fans and, I would say, beat writers downplay ND over the following weeks? And will an OSU still be ranked ahead of ND, still knocking on wood? Nick, you want to take that one? Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with what will be Ohio State's excuses. Uh, <laughs> I think first and foremost, uh, the go-to excuse for every fan base uh, will be the refs. Um, I'm, I'm, even though the refs have, are never in our favor, uh, but I, I can see that happening. I can see, uh, <laughs> unfortunately for uh, McCord, I can see him getting a lot of the blame. Yep. And then finally, uh, Ryan Day. Uh, you know, I, I feel like Ohio State fans are—they're uh, getting to a point where they're getting a little frustrated. I think with with Mr. Day, and if Notre Dame were to win this game, I, I think you'll see uh, a lot of shots being fired at uh, at Mr. Ryan Day. Uh, go ahead and you answer that part, and then we'll just break this down into a few different questions, Joe. Yeah, and, you know, when I see OSU excuse, it, it makes me think of the narrative about Notre Dame and how quickly a lot of, you know, big-time writers that, you know, kind of have bias against Notre Dame will, will spin this. You know, if, if Notre Dame, you know, shows out, it will spin like, oh, this is Ohio State's down year. You know, McCord's not that good. You got us on a down year. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's still mid um, you know, all, all that kind of stuff and not give Notre Dame the actual credit for, for beating, you know, one of, you know, the, the college football blue buds. And I feel like that's something I'm really worried about. And, you know, Notre, Notre Dame's overrated every other year. You only get Sam Hartman one year. This is just a fluke, that sort of thing. Um, 
But like you said, it'll, it'll be pointed at Ryan Day, McCord, you know, all those those things. But and and that's what's going to make me upset as a Notre Dame fan is it's not going to go give credit where it's due to Notre Dame, to Marcus Freeman, to what uh, this program is currently building as as one of the top tier programs in college football, not just this year, but I, I could see this as a trend, uh, you know, going into 24, 25, et cetera. But if you get a win here, I hope college football puts, puts on Notre Dame or notices Notre Dame in the correct form. Yeah. Uh, I think that's well said. I, I can already hear ESPN and other talking heads. Now, if, if we do end up beating Ohio state, I, I, I can already picture it, you know, well, Ohio state, obviously was down this year they lost a lot of talent from last year blah 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 uh either way deep in everyone's mind if notre dame wins this game and and i don't care how you want to try to spin it for yourself everybody in the country if notre dame wins this game in the back of their mind is going to be saying oh damn okay notre dame's pretty good okay Mm -hmm. I, i don't care ohio state's loaded with talent there's going to be no excuse for them, even though they'll try to spin it in the back of their minds. They're going to realize, okay, Notre Dame's for real. So uh, your last question, Domer 94 and will and OSU, will OSU still be ranked ahead of ND? I I can't see any way that that's, that's a possibility, but I'm also the type of person who I don't worry about rankings until it gets closer to uh, the college football playoff rankings. So what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I I don't put too much weight on, on rankings early on. Um, you know, it, it always does interest me when they kind of have the college football playoff projections. Um, and I think they do that later in the season, um, probably starting around week 10-ish. Or not week 10-ish, but week 8, you know, those those sort of things where, you know, ESPN yeah. puts a big hoopla into if, if the season ended today, who would be the four college football playoff teams? But – you know, again, like you said, you know, I hope, you know, if Notre Dame comes out victorious on Saturday, you know, they're right in the middle of that college football uh, playoff contention and, and national championship contention because they, they deserve the credit. The Ohio State has no excuses. They have the talent. They've had the quarterbacks. Um, you know, don't be blaming the finger um, elsewhere. It's who wins on the field Saturday is, is going to propel their their team into – uh, serious conversation about the college football playoff. Yep, well said. All right, next one here. Uh, so last week's show, we had one where we could add any player from the Brian Kelly era uh, to this team. Um, we both picked wide receivers, so we got another question asking us if we could add one defensive player from the Brian Kelly era uh, to this year's team. Who would it be and why? Um, Joe, you want to take it first? You want me to go ahead? I'll let you take this one. So on defense, I I really, if I could add anybody, it'd be D-line. Um, I, I thought about Kyle Hamilton uh, or Manti Teo um, or Jalen Smith. I mean, all would be phenomenal for this defense, but I think a truly elite pass rusher, you know, you get a Stephon to it, uh, or a uh, Khalid Kareem or Julian Aquara. Um, I, I think that would really up this defense. So, 
If I got to pick one, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, Julian Aquara. Oh. Yeah. I, I really liked his pass rush ability. I, I think he'd bring something dynamic. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. I, you know, for me, if I went defensive line, you know, I, I'd probably go Stefan to it. Uh, you know, just, just at that, you know, big end. I, he was just such a mammoth of a man for offensive yeah, lines was. to to try to control. Um, and he got to the quarterback. I think that would have been, you know, kind of a big-time difference on, on this team um, because, like we said, we're, we haven't seen it really from, you know, our, our edge rushers, especially Jordan Patello. But where I'm going with this, I, I just want to get the most talented dude. And I know he got injured during the Ohio State game and kind of ruined his, his NFL career. He still battled like – like the beast he is, clear eye view. Um, but I, I got to put Jalen Smith. I, I just think he was just such a freak athlete, and I'm still mad at Van Gorder not using him properly. But Preach. but I think, like, you know, Al Golden, I would hope, would use him in so many different ways, whether he is using – he's at, you know, the Viper position and coming off the edge and having offensive tackles trying to – uh, you know, handle the speed that he would have off the edge. You could put him in the rover position. I just think he was the most talented NFL-ready player that, you know, BK had during his era, and it would be fun having that kind of dynamic player, um, you know, on the linebacker, uh, I would say field. You know, obviously Jack Kaiser and J.D. Bertrand have been great, but, you know, Jalen Smith was a little bit different. Um, yeah. and I would love to see him also on the line where, you know, where, where basically offenses had to make sure where the heck is he on, where's number nine Seriously. on the field. So that, yeah. that would have been my pick. I like it. It's a good pick. All right. Um, I'll go ahead with the next one, Joe. Yeah. So the next question is how many commitments will we get this weekend? Nick, I'll, I'll, again, I'll punt this to you. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a huge weekend uh, for recruiting. We mentioned we got a lot of 2024 guys that'll be there helping to recruit. Uh, 25 commits are going to be there. Deuce Knight's going to be there, and he's already working on on social media trying to get guys to join. I actually have a list here of guys who, in my opinion, are on commit watch for this weekend, and they're all going to be in town. Uh, Let's hear Long, the safety to me, I, I think he was close to pulling the trigger on his last visit. Uh, look out for him. Daniel Anderson, the running back who got his offer uh, during camp. It wouldn't surprise me to see him pull the trigger. Talon Taylor, we talked about him earlier in the show. Oh, I want him bad. Oh, bad, man. He, he's he's towards the top of my list as well. But I, I think he's very high on Notre Dame. You know, with a big game and, and Deuce committing, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, a couple of O linemen, Owen Straybig and Matty Augustine. I think both hold Notre Dame in very high regard. Uh, Mark Zachary, the corner, and then last, uh, Jerome Bettis Jr. I think, honestly, uh -oh. I think uh -oh, any Nick. of those guys. Uh -oh, Nick. We got breaking news. Breaking news on the podcast. Sound the sirens. Sound the sirens. Look. And it's funny, we're talking about commitments. Gerby Lambert. <laughs> Gerby Lambert has just committed to the 2024 Boom. class for the Fighting Irish, baby. Breaking news. Breaking what news a here. week. Breaking What's news up, here. Gerby? <laughs> oh, man, I'm fired up. Gerby, Gerby was making me nervous because 
in some circles, it's been speculated that he's been a silent commit now for a while. He just hadn't made it public. It's like, dude, what what are we waiting for? Like, what's going on? So <laughs> big, big pickup. Kirby Lambert, man. That, talk about capping off the 24 class. That's big time. Holy smokes. And how about us talking about commitments? And I'm looking at my phone here, and that breaks. Um, perfect timing. Perfect timing. Now, back-to-back back with Deuce Knight and Gerby Lambert going into Ohio State weekend. Woo! Woo! That just got me juiced up. And Gerby, the momentum, I mean, The momentum is up, my man. Oh, 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 we back up. We back up. Not like we left, but we back up, as as that meme would say from, yes, from the wire. <laughs> what a pickup, well, man. That, that's big time. Yeah, that is. That's huge. That is huge. And, again, I hope Notre Dame keeps feeding this O-line you. And I, I truly believe Gerby Lambert is, is a guy that's going to contribute to that. He, he's a big-time talent. And kind of the speculation on this 2024 class, there wasn't a lot of big-time offensive linemen in it. Um, so for, for um, you know, Joe Rudolph uh, to, to land him um, is, is a huge, huge, huge momentum builder uh, for, for this weekend. Uh, going into how many commitments we might get this weekend. Shoot, they might commit before the weekend. We already got two of them. Seriously. So speaking of, so we've got two this week. Let's say the over-under for from this whole week and then after Ohio State. Let's set the over-under on commitments at four and a half. You going under or over? We already oh. have two. Well, I think Notre Dame's going to win this weekend. And I think, again, the the morale, the vibes are going to be at an all-time high for, for the Notre Dame program. I'm going to hit the over button on that, and I'm bringing out the hammer, and I'm smashing it. Preach, dude. I'm I'm hammering that as well. If that was a line on, on one of my sports betting apps, I'd be hammering that. I, I'm like you. I think uh, it, it's going to be a hell of a weekend, and guys are going to want to be a part of it. So, big news, man. That's awesome. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, we got a couple more questions left. Uh, who would you pick to be the Irish guest picker on college game day? So I know a lot, this has been a kind of a fun question to kind of see on Twitter, people trying to predict who the guest picker is going to be on game day. Uh, you know, obviously Vince Vaughn comes to mind for me first. I'm a big Vince Vaughn fan. Wedding Crashers, maybe one of my all-time favorite oh, movies. Yeah. Uh, and I know he's a big ND guy. Uh, Roll number fun. 76, play like a champion. <laughs> you never forget <laughs> that. Um, right. But um, for me, I, I, don't, I know this may be a downer pick, but – um, you know, I'm a big basketball guy too. So, and I know Dickie, Dickie V's kind of, you know, at the end of his run, um, you know, obviously he's, he's doing all he can with, with his treatment um, and he's battling and uh, I, I love Dickie V. So I would love to see Dickie V get some love and he's going to be my, my surprise pick as the guest picker for college game day, him and Corso uh, hand in hand uh, picking the Irish. Ooh, I like that. I, I, I'm a big Dickie V fan too, man. And what a great dude. What a, what a great Notre Dame man. You yep. know, he, he truly loves, loves the university. So I think, I think that would be phenomenal. Um, if I have my pick out of everybody that's, that's a Notre Dame fan though, I, I'm going T Swift, man. I, I'm a Swifty at heart. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, give me Taylor Swift up there. Can you imagine? Uh, oh. Some, some honorable mentions here though. Miles Teller, 
I think would be awesome from Top yeah. Gun. Mr. Uh, cool. Mr. Cool. Vince Vaughn, like you said. Um, Joe Montana. Sean Aston, Joe Montana, Bettis. Um, there was some uh, Martin Sheen, um, Garth Brooks. Any of those I think would be pretty, pretty cool, but we'll wait and see. I just hope they do get somebody that's a Notre Dame fan and don't just bring in somebody random. So, yep. all right, Joe, just with our last question and then we'll wrap this up. All right. Is it acceptable for the ND student section and ND fans to rush the field? If we win this weekend, you want to take it first? Hell yes. It's acceptable to, to rush <laughs> the field. I want it to be an absolute party after the game. I want it. I want all eyes on the Irish. If they win on Saturday, I want to see a sea of green cover that field, celebrate with Marcus. And again, we haven't had this over the hump game. And I know people can point to the Clemson game where they rushed the field in 2020. But again, there's always that asterisk because DJ had to play and you weren't playing Trevor Lawrence. It, you know, with all the storylines with Jean Baptiste, Marcus Freeman's alma mater, Sam Hartman coming into Notre Dame being the Messiah. If they get this win, let's freaking party it up there in South Bend, and I hope it starts on the field after the game. Preach. Hey, we aren't Colorado over here, double-digit favorites and, and yeah. rushing the we, field. This is totally different. We win this game. You better be rushing that field, tearing down the goalposts. Go throw them in the lake. <laughs> I'm talking big-time party. We're not leaving that field. Uh, until uh, the sun comes up, absolutely yeah. rush the field, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's a gonna, sight to see. Oh man, dude, I'm just I'm getting I'm getting the shivers thinking about it, man. It's gonna be the longest week of my life, man. It's already it's already, it already has been, long. man. It yeah. already has been. I'm like, how is yeah. it only Tuesday? Can it be Thursday or Friday? I'm ready to go. Seriously, I know, man. I'm juiced. But uh, anything else for the good of the order? No, man. Let's. You know, Notre Dame fans, let's enjoy it. I, I know I'm going to be, you know, jittery as heck, you know, all Saturday morning. Uh, but let's let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. I, I, I'm going to be, you know, pretty much, you know, sitting on my couch watching college game day, you know, watching all the content I can for the buildup of this game, looking at Twitter. I, I want to interact with the fans uh, on Twitter. Uh, so don't hesitate to to reach out to Nick or I about thoughts or interact with our own tweets that we're putting out there. Uh, it, it's let's let's have fun this week. Let's just have some fun. This is a big time game, has big time implications, and this is the first time Notre Dame has a QB or really a situation where they're playing a big time opponent. And I truly believe that Notre Dame has the favor in the quarterback position, which is by far the most position in college football, or most important. Yeah, well said. And I, just like you, I'm going to echo those thoughts. And Irish fans, wear your green all week on Saturday. Be loud. Be excited. Hostile. Like Hostile. Said, ha have fun with it because I really do think with the way things are heading right now under Marcus Freeman, this is a program-changing game on Saturday. And if we get this win, yes, sir. look out. Because yes, we're heading towards the top of that college football mountaintop if we get this win. So enjoy it, guys. We really appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you're uh, getting a hold of us on, on the socials and checking out the Irish Tribune. And uh, we look forward to talking with you next week after a big-time Irish win.
Thanks, Let's guys. Go. Go Irish wear green. Please rate and review our podcasts. We are available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at First and Gold Pod, at Nick Kramer IT, and at Joe underscore Kramer underscore IT. Don't forget to check out theirishtribune.com and follow us on all of our socials at the Irish Tribune. Thanks for listening. And of course, go Irish.